we're going to go over and uh, uh, finish our series on Proverbs. And we've got Derek Lamb preaching to us this morning. And uh, I just want to introduce Derek. It's been such a blessing to have Derek on the Emerge team with us, the Emerging Elders team. And he's been such a blessing to Life Church. Uh, it's been absolutely phenomenal. Even this week, I was talking to you on the phone, Derek, and you were saying how you popped around somebody uh, from your life group just to encourage them in a little gift and then ended up uh, praying, encouraging that person in a personal crisis for a couple of hours. And uh, that so highlights you. I think that's what you're like. You are uh, so encouraging and uh, strengthening to many people, specifically people uh, in your life group and uh, others as well that you care for. And just sums up your heart. Uh, I think the way that you encourage other people, uh, I think, uh, is amazing. And uh, we really look forward to what God has to say uh, through you this morning and uh, as you finish our series on Proverbs. So over to Derek. Well, good morning, Life Church. And uh, uh, Mart has really uh, put me on the spot now. So I hope, <laughs> I hope what I have to bring is going to be good. But uh, uh, we're going to dive just straight into as I'm about to mention, the last of our series on Proverbs and finding wisdom in Proverbs. And uh, this morning, we're going to be looking at the subject of our speech. Um, now, we're going to be unpacking quite a lot of different verses this morning. So to help us keep up, and uh, I know it's quite difficult on Zoom to try and quickly change the pages of your Bible, we're going to have on the right-hand side of me is a screen where the text is going to be displayed for you, and you'll be able to read that with me. And uh, at the end of the service, we also record everything we do this morning. So you'll be able to grab that as a podcast or on our YouTube channel a little bit later. If there's something you missed, you want to hone in on it or go back to it, you'll be able to grab it there. So you might be thinking at this point, why are we looking at something like the subject of speech? Now, we have a lot of big world events happening at the moment. Why is it we're going to look at something very small like our speech? Well, we're going to be jumping into the book of James to kickstart us. And many consider James as the New Testament Proverbs. And if you haven't read James, I'd really recommend diving into James. It's got some wonderful life application stuff that you can grab from there. And if you've got a Bible, we're going to be reading from James 3. And this is verses 3 to 5. And it is one chapter or one verse that's worth just bookmarking in your Bible because we will come back to it a few times and read a little bit further what it has, what James has to say on the subject of speech. So let's get started. James 3 verse 3 says this. If we put bits in the mouths of horses, and what James is talking about here, he's talking about really large war horses that are controlled by a very small bit so that they obey us we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. And so also is the tongue, a small member, yet it boasts of great things. So a little bit like the bit, like the rudder, these large items are guided by a very small item. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Now this verse, or these verses paint the picture that we want to learn how to control the big things in life. 
then we need God's wisdom to help us control our tongue. So like the rudder, like the bit, our tongue has the ability to direct us on the correct path in life. But at the same time, it has the ability to completely steer us off and end up burning everything around us. The Proverbs has a lot to say on the subject of speech, and we're not going to be able to cover everything. What you will see is a distinct uh, difference between those who are foolish and those who are wise in their speech. And the reason is, it's quite simple. Our speech has the ability to persuade even the greatest of leaders. But at the same time, it has the ability, if you're foolish, to be a very, very destructive force. So this morning, I think it'd be good to start with prayer, to say to God that actually we're going to talk about a subject that we don't often talk about, but is very, very important. And to be able to say to God, help us in understanding how we can apply your word to help our voice be used for your kingdom. So that's what I'm going to do. In the next minute, we're going to pray and then we'll start to unpack some exciting stuff on speech. Father, I pray this morning, Lord God, that even though we're not gathered in a physical sense, Father, we are gathered online because of you and because of what you did on the cross. Father, I ask this morning that you'll help us to approach your throne with humility, Jesus. I pray that you'll help us to learn what you have to say on the subject of speech. Help us to apply your word like a, a, a double-edged sharp sword, Lord God, Father, into our lives, Father. Let us draw upon your wisdom, Father, so that we can use our voice for your kingdom. We pray this in your name. We say amen. Well, a couple of weeks ago, I uh, took my dad and Seth fishing. And um, now this is something I love. I, I can't do preach without bringing fishing in. You ask my life group, we talk about fishing a lot, even though they don't enjoy it. I love it. Absolutely love it. But I took my dad and Seth fishing. And uh, it's a bit more of a lazy affair when we go, you know, you kind of uh, have a coffee in hand. So you have a coffee in hand. You can even order a bacon sandwich while you sit at the bank side and you fish. And uh, one of the reasons is that the way the style of fishing that we were doing at that time was to put your rod down. So you cast it up, put it down, and effectively you wait for a fish to bite. Now, a nice lazy affair, you can sit in your chair and do that. But the downside is, is that if you're not quick enough, the fish can very quickly pull your rod into the water. Now, I was sitting on one side of the bank on the lake and my father and uh, Seth were sitting on the other side. And uh, after a while, I hear a massive splash and very loud exclamations of, Daddy, 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 come quick, something's happened. And uh, I straight away knew what had happened at that point. So I jump out of my seat and I run across and I find that the uh, rod, one of the rods they were using, is now in the middle of the lake. Luckily, it was floating. It had a cool candle. What proceeds, though, is about 30 minutes of me using a different rod, a bit of comedy value this year, trying to fish out my other rod, which still had the fish attached to it. So it was this tug of war trying to get this rod back onto the bank. And uh, the whole complex, is you can just hear them sniggering whilst they're sitting there watching this bloke trying to fish his rod out of the water. Very, very funny. But uh, I think in the moment of uh, me trying to get this rod out, a quite expensive one at that, I, I got very frustrated. 
absolutely fuming about the situation because with Seth, I've been with him many times and he knows what to do. And in that instance of trying to fish this rod out, I kind of, out of frustration with quite a piercing tone, I said to Seth, Seth, you know better. Why have you been so careless in what you've done? That is really, really silly. You know better. And in that moment, kind of as I said that word, those words, I knew I'd, I'd hurt Seth. And uh, he got really instantaneously withdrawn and went and sat in the car. And I know I'd hurt his heart because he was trying to make me proud and make his grandpa proud. And he'd done the one thing that I told him not to do, but it was an accident. I'd really caused a wound in his heart. Um, and Proverbs 18 verse 21, and this is a great verse. It says this, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Now I'm sure many of us will recount moments where we've been really hurt deeply by what somebody has said to us. Um, you know, someone has struck us a blow, and I'm not just talking in a physical sense, I'm talking about in an emotional sense, by what someone has said to us. And I'm sure there'll be moments where we can think of times where we have spoken harshly towards others. But I look at my life and by far the thing I regret most is basically the moments where I've crushed others by what I've said. Moments like that with Seth where a great day ended up turning into not so great a day because of what I'd said. And for me they ring like echoes in my ears. I don't forget these moments. Um, and they're moments that I can't take back and it's difficult, it's hard. And I'm sure you experience many of those yourself. You know, the, the classic saying is sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never harm me or hurt me. But we know that that just couldn't be further from the truth. You know, we understand the painful uh, and harmful things that words can bring to us and to others. But how often do we think about the repercussion of what we're going to say before we say it? Do we really take the time to consider, to weigh up and uh, think about our words before we let our tongue loose? Now our words can hurt others, but I wonder as I was writing this and I was thinking, how does, how does this play out on a day-to-day -day basis? I wonder if you've ever considered how your words affect you, affect me. You know, we make our lives harder or easier by the words we speak. Proverbs 14 verse 3 says, By the mouth of a fool comes a rod for his back. So I mentioned earlier, fool and wisdom. But the lips of the wise will preserve them. How many times have you spoken and then instantly wished you hadn't said that because now you look like a fool? Watching what we say not only guards and preserves our life, it's, it's very, very important. But when we don't do that, our mouth can just run astray and we end up saying what we want, how we want, when we want, and it ends up leading into ruin. There's another Proverbs on this, Proverbs 13 verse 3. Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life, and he who opens wide his lips 
come to ruin. I don't know if you've heard the saying, loose lips sink ships. Our words can be the very thing that ends up sinking us. Now, whilst I was thinking about what to say on the subject of speech and, and, and some personal examples, I quickly realized that actually speech is not just limited in a verbal sense. You can actually have, obviously, a written form of our speech and what we say. And um, we can express that in the 21st century digitally. So we have social media platforms, we have blogs, we have various ways that we can actually express ourselves in our speech. And I do wonder what Solomon would have thought uh, of something like Facebook or, or Twitter. So I had a bit of a play and uh, we changed, well, this is a paraphrase of this verse. And I can't imagine what Solomon would have said. So Proverbs 13 verse 3, whoever guards his Facebook posts preserves his life. He who tweets without restraint will come to ruin. Now, it's funny, but if you look at the, the reality of Facebook and things like that, if you want to see a foolish and wise speech played out on a day-to-day -day basis, I recommend just reading any Facebook post. And you will see that. You will effectively see those who are peacemakers, those who want to bring healing and resolution to a particular situation, and those who are just out to burn and destroy and to bring malice by what they say. I'll bring this up because the reality is, and this is for myself included, you know, the chasm between what we say on Facebook, and what we say we believe uh, uh, on a Sunday morning can be really like, can be quite big. That can be quite a diff big difference. Facebook has that ability, that reality where you can actually hide who you truly are. Can we honestly say that our social media reflects who we are in Christ. Something for us to think about. So we know that our tongue has absolutely immense power. We should be careful with our words and what we say. Uh, but I'm sure you're sitting there saying, Derek, what, how the heck do I control my tongue? This is really, really like, this is a difficult thing to do. We'll go back to that verse in James. And we're going to be reading from James 3, 7 to 8. And it says this, and he kind of agrees with us here. It says, for every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. One of the reasons it's so hard to control our tongue is that we often try and make the mistake of treating the symptom rather than the underlying issue. So what I mean by that is, you know, yeah, you might be taking painkillers to try and treat a headache, but actually the underlying symptom is that uh, maybe you've got a, a, a toothache that needs to be seen by a dentist, or maybe you're dehydrated and you need to have some, some water. And it doesn't matter how many painkillers we take, it's not gonna fix that headache until we address the underlying problem that is causing that symptom. And so if we can't control our tongue, and it's very hard to treat our tongue, what we say, where does that leave you and me? Well, over the last few weeks, we've heard that, you know, Jesus is the word of God. 
that is where we can find our true wisdom. So let's have a look and see what Jesus says on this particular subject. So in Luke 6 verse 45, Jesus says this. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So it is our heart that needs to be examined. And there is a direct connection between our heart and our mouth. There's a pipe that essentially connects the two. So out of the overflow of our heart, things will come pouring out of our mouth. So if we have a real problem with our words, then we have an issue of the heart first. By nature, the only way we're going to change our speech is if God changes our heart first. We don't need to try and treat the symptom of our speech by putting coins in a swear jar and trying to motivate ourselves to do that. Changing our speech means we need to take a posture of prayer and meditation on God. We need to read his word. We need to sing his praises. We need to understand that only through what Jesus did on the cross can our lives truly be changed and where our voice is then able to honor God. The psalmist in, 19, in, in, uh, in Psalms 19 verse 14 praises this prayer. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my Redeemer. Filling our lives with God means that out of the overflow of our heart, we will not only speak life to those around us, but we can even bring healing to those that are wounded. Proverbs 12, verse 18. I told you there'd be lots of verses. I hope you're keeping up. There is one whose rash words are like sore thrusts. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. That is a great verse. We can either be a vicious attacker thrusting our swords into people, or we can bring be a physician that brings healing to others. And that is a really, really powerful image. We have the ability to diagnose, to treat, and to bring healing to those around us by what we say with our voices. Let's look at another one. I really love this verse. Proverbs 16, verse 24. Gracious words are like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Nothing, nothing is more refreshing than someone assuming the best in a person rather than the worst. Someone who's there to encourage you, to uplift you, with positivity and wonderful words when you're feeling down and low. Uh, Someone who is there to listen carefully, uh, to understand and to speak wisdom into your life when things are hard to distinguish, when you're in the fog of life. The most important aspect is that God changes our heart first. And so before we come to an end, I want to talk about Jesus. I want to bring our focus on him. We see in scripture that Jesus was falsely accused, that he was led to the cross, a lamb to be slain. 
Yet scripture tells us he opened not his mouth. Jesus, the only one who was perfectly innocent, perfectly wise, who perfectly controlled his tongue. Can you imagine what the crowds were like as he was walking, those who were spitting at him and cursing at him, hurling insults at him? And if there was ever a moment for someone to burn the people around him, it was Christ. But yet he kept silent. I want to be clear, though, Jesus had every right to do that. That is what we deserved. Yet he suffered for fools and used his words to bring healing instead. So this morning, if this is an area that you struggle with, and it is for me, very, very honest, very hard to control your words, and you want to change, then I encourage you to come to Jesus. Come to the one who brings healing and forgiveness. The one who speaks a better word. Hebrews 12, verse 24. And if there's a verse that you take away this morning, I would encourage you to jot this one down. And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. I'm going to read that again. And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. When Cain murdered Abel, his blood poured to the ground, and his blood cried out in vengeance, and God heard that. The writer of Hebrews says that the blood of Jesus speaks a better word. Jesus' blood is not crying out for vengeance. You know, we have used our words to crush and to hurt, but Jesus does not condemn us. His blood doesn't speak of that vengeance. In fact, it speaks of, some he- of healing and acceptance. The dying words of Jesus was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I think back to that proverb. Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They do. This morning, I want to encourage you to come back to the Father. He will not only answer you, he will put a new spirit in you and he will give you a new heart. And uh, Ezekiel 36, 26, a well-known verse, this is that God will give us a new heart and he will put a new spirit in us. He will remove from us a heart of stone and give us a heart of flesh. Christ has given us the way to be able to honour our Father. And he will, not only ins- uh, he will not only answer you, he gives you a new heart and a new spirit. And that means out of the overflow of our heart, we'll be able to speak the fruits of the Spirit. We'll be able to speak in love and joy and peace and, pa- uh, peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. But this morning, this is something that you've never done before. You've never said to God, can you take my heart and change it from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh? And you desire to be able to, to, to walk in the spirit. And I'm going to encourage you to take a step of faith and come to the Father this morning. Someone who loves you dearly, who sent his, cro- his son to die on a cross for you. 
so that you might be saved, that you might be welcomed into his family. So in a minute, uh, either now or in the next few minutes, there will be a pop-up link where you'll be able to click on and uh, find out more information about who Jesus is, who he was, what he did, and uh, you'll be able to talk to someone directly. And uh, I'll be at the end of the service. I want to be there to say, this is how Jesus has changed my life and made it for the better. Um, and I'll be happy chatting that through with you. And very lastly, for those who have taken the step already, and I'm sure that will be many of us, I want to encourage you to continue walking in the knowledge of the one who lives within you. It says in scripture that we're not only to be a people who lives by the spirit, but actually walks by the spirit. We have this amazing privilege to use our voice to declare the gospel of Jesus across this nation and across the world. We have the ability to help use our voice to build up our church and to encourage one another. We can even shout to the ends of the earth about the things that Jesus has done in our lives. That's so wonderful. We can praise God because of what he did, what Jesus did on the cross. Final scripture, we can enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. We can use our voice to do that. So the next few minutes, we're going to sing a song and we're going to sing and declare our love for Jesus and all the goodness that he has for us. So I'm going to hand over to Zavato, who's going to uh, draw things to a close. I want to encourage you, stand up. Let's use our voices to declare the great things that Jesus has done for us. Cheers, guys. Well, I really want to encourage you um, over this coming week as we're coming to a close and to uh, to take the things. So what has Jesus been saying to you this morning? Hold on to his words. I really want to encourage you as we want to let the power of our words be transformed. Uh, we repeat the words that we take in. And as we uh, read scripture, Jesus' words to us on a daily basis, we can feed our souls and our hearts uh, with uh, the things that he speaks over us to be able to speak to others. And I really want to encourage you to do that even songs like we've just sang are so beautiful as we fill ourselves with the wonderful words of scripture and of uh, Jesus over us we can use these words to other center I want to encourage you and um, perhaps you feel a little bit challenged by this message this morning like I was going back through a few conversations that I think ah I think I've, I've got some work to do then I just want to encourage you the most powerful thing you can do is replace the words that you've spoken that have not been good with words that speak blessing so perhaps you might want to take some time this week to uh, phone somebody up and uh, perhaps replace some words that you've said with some blessings perhaps even apologize for things you've said perhaps um, you can send some text messages to people with some encouragement to let your positive words flow into their lives I can't tell you how how much we've been blessed over this coming week by just people spending time just pop us a text message or an email or pop around the door just to encourage us some positive words can make all the difference in people's lives so uh, let's uh, let's put the words that we've received into action by responding it uh, to that so we look forward to see you next sunday same time same place same zoom and uh, we'll see you there all right bye bye